Hey, what's going on? It's your boy Joe Thunder back once again with another episode of the Smoking Joe Thunder podcast. You know what I mean? Shout out to our official sponsor, Be Good Dispensaries, over there on 11 West Hamden and up north on 120th across the street from Boondocks. We've got another keeping it pushing, man. We're grinding out content for you left and right. We've got another banger for you. We've got some cats have been having a label, starter label here in Denver, Colorado called LSP. You know what I mean? They've definitely been in the scene making moves for a minute. We got Scum and Lynch. What's going on, y'all? What's going on? Yo, chilling, man. Another beautiful day and fucking in the cold Denver. Right, cold is getting colder, right? That's colder. Good. You like the cold or what? Bring the winter. Bring man, the winter. I'm not really a fan, but you know what I mean? You got the studio, so you can just fucking hibernate in there. I hate the heat, man. Like, after you fucking do a summer tour or two and shit, you start mm. appreciating the snow. Not for sure. I hate both of them. I need just the middle, you know what I mean? <laughs> shit, we can't. About 70. Give yeah. me about 70, and I'm good to go. You're in L.A. at 2 in the morning right about now. It's cold. You know what I mean? You better have your little hoodie or some shit. I, I, I like this shit, man. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I love it here, man. I can't. You know what I mean? Born and raised. You know what I mean? Lived a couple other places, but I never. You know what I mean? I always come back here. Been a lot of places, but this is home. This for sure is home. Hey, well, let's start off, and let's kind of tell them a little bit who you are, man. Being that's your first time here, tell them a little bit about you, what you do. Shit, um, my name is Scum. I run a label called Lyrical Snuff Productions. We have artists all over the fucking country, um, overseas now. I'm a full-time musician. I tour for a living. I drink. I allegedly do drugs occasionally. Um, you know, I make fucking offensive horrorcore music and shit. I've put out over 20 albums, and... Uh, this is that life living, yeah. living the dream killing myself at it that's quite a resume man and I'm Lynch I guess you would say that I'm I don't want to be the right hand man because that's the one he might jack off with so I kind of want to be the left hand but you know if you hey, you, if you ever right you never know multi only on the road shit so no I don't want I, I don't want to be that hand but you know what I'm saying I'm the other hand to make sure every third eye right I'm the third eye to make sure things get together if you if you need that partner in crime and not not okay not don't ever confuse this people you don't ever want to be a Robin in life. You want to be a Nightwing. I'm with, I'm with that. You know what I'm no, no, nobody wants to be Robin. Nobody Robin. wants to be a Robin. Yeah. You want to be a Nightwing. It's good to be two individuals that both run the shit. Uh-huh. But everybody knows what they do. He's exactly. the boss. Hey. But. You still run shit, though. But I still run he, shit. He does and shit. He has fucking OG status on fucking half these rappers and shit. That's dope. That's dope. But you know what? We're in it together. And, and that's the combination is you got to find somebody, somebodies that want to do it together to be successful. Right. Because it's, it's hard, man. It's hard having groups and, you know. Dumb. Man. We, we watched this label man. come from motherfuckers' garages and shit and fucking, you know what I'm saying, like merch warehouse consisting of fucking three Walmart shelves to actually like a full-time fucking job, full-time business. Fucking. That's dope shit. You mean having merch? <laughs> I mean, fuck, like, the label has over 120 releases right now, so it's Goddamn. been a long fucking time. Uh, you said 20 years, right? 20, uh, 22 20, years. 22 years. All right. Hey, Lynch, tell them kind of where you're from and how you kind of made your way to Denver. I'm an alien. I, I am a straight alien. I'm born in Germany. I'm a military brat. Went all over for a second. Uh, went from uh, Germany to Paris. Came back to the States. 
Um, went to kindergarten in Pueblo, Colorado. Oh, shit. <laughs> you talk about the only little afro, you know what I'm saying? And in kindergarten, just walked to the side. You know what I'm saying? My mama, my mama went to Pueblo South, so it, it was weird. That's where my mom's from. No, it's for real. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you, you, you know, you, you know. Um, from there, went to Mrs. Been to Mississippi, all over. Like I have family all over. I have been. I'm from that other generation to where you know your first cousins, your second cousins, your third cousins, your great aunties, and you, you traveled back in the eighties. Gang. Gang, you know, said just big ass gang. So yeah, but after about '91, I came back to Colorado. My dad's from here, and I've been here ever since. This is home. Like he said, this is home. This is what we represent. The 303 719. Nine seven zero. We got any area? Right, we got any other area code? Oh, seven two zero. See, we did add it. Seven two zero was another three zero three. Right. Modified three zero three. Once we ran out of the three zero threes, everybody hollers out three zero three. But you ask a motherfucker, and it's barely anybody that has a three zero three phone number and shit. It's all seven two zero shit. It's all seven two zero shit. Yeah, I gotta be your parents or some shit. You know what I mean? Right. The landline. The landline. The landline. The landline. Dad ain't got no cell phone. And he won't get one. I don't know why. But he probably got that 303 number. He does. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? That's right. You know what? I like modern technology, though, now. My mom likes the fact that I can video call her. And, and she, her she don't know how to work it. Shit, right. She don't know how to work it, but she knows how to hit answer when I call. When she sees my face, she's uh -huh. like, yeah, oh, no. But I love that, though. She loves the option. She loves the option. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Hey, how did you make your way to Denver? Shit, man. Um, I moved here... 94, 95 and shit, and uh, born and raised in Moscow, Russia. Um, moved here briefly to fucking scope it out and shit. My mom moved out here, so I was like, hey, let me come check it out, fucking. Um, I liked it and shit. Like, it was opportunities. I always wanted to be a fucking metal musician. Um, that shit didn't work out because I fucking suck at instruments, but the, you know what I'm saying, the desire to be that rock star that stayed. So, as the language, you know what I'm saying, I didn't speak no English when I moved here, so. Oh, damn. You know, death metal worked because you could just growl and shit and fucking nobody really cared. <laughs> you know, but then as the language got better, I was like, I, w I want them to understand that I'm being offensive and I'm fucking shitting on their feelings and shit. And so that's where, you know, the whole horrorcore gore hop came in. I'm like, man, I, I really, it was always the desire to like, it's a hot sunny day and a motherfucker parked next to you and shit at the red light, he ain't got no AC and it's hot as shit and his kids are in the back fucking sweating and shit. You know what I'm saying? The dog got the tongue out and you're bumping that new song and shit. And the looks of disgust as they're fucking rolling up the windows and cooking alive right. is so worth it, man. <laughs> the no, hater in me fucking celebrates. It's funny, man, because I get a I get a little salty when motherfuckers do that. You know what I mean? But it's like that's a good way to look at that shit. Though, no, you know what I, I mean? I've always wanted to, you know, what I'm saying, fucking touch people's feelings with a sandpaper, fucking, you know, right. <laughs> hurt that shit. And so that's that's where those you know initially we just it, it was fun man it was like the rap version of some fucking like super outlandish like grindcore fucking you know what I'm saying like noisecore anal cunt type of shit just pissing on people's fucking emotions and um, then it got serious and then it became a job and here we are doing this more than half my fucking life twenty two years later nine two five. 
Hey, do you remember the first time? What kind of influenced you as far as like hip hop or rap music? Like, to, what was oh, the first shit. kind of couple things you heard? Like when I, because I was a metal kid, so like for me, um, you know, the conversion was like Body Count and fucking Onyx, and uh, yeah. then like as far as like actual rappers that I got into, you know, normal I guess traditional rappers would be like Brother Lynch, Hung, and Esham, and you know, then after that it was like Twisted and ICP, and you know, what I'm saying a lot of shit like you know. East Coast fucking Vinnie Paz fucking just dark shit man gotcha anything gotcha. that you know what I'm saying like fucking is aggressive and just fucking re- releases anger man like I feel the type of music I do is like a punching bag uh-huh. so it's like you know you have two options and shit you let that shit build up until you end up fucking you know what I'm saying here's Johnny you take an X and chop up your family or shoot up them all or you know you, you listen to some angry shit he might jump around in the mosh pit and you feel better right Take number two. Mm-hmm. Punching bag. <laughs> hey, what about you, man? What was kind of some of the first rap music or hip-hop that you kind of listened to? Let's see. Decade-wise, let's go 80s. You have to go um, Big Daddy Kane, um, LL Cool J, um, early Busta Rhymes when he was with Leaders of the New School. Okay. Um, Tribe Called Quest. Tribe Called Quest. Um, variety of everything. I was part of that generation that was MTV. We watched videos. ZZ Top, um, Madonna. Yo I mean, raps. Yeah, I mean yo raps. Like it was like it was yo raps. I mean I come from that generation. So for me, yo raps. I, I'm hey, I'm oh, yeah, I'm happy to see where hip hop and music has come from and where it's at right now. And I know like anything, any society growing anything. Government, you know what I'm saying, establishing itself, it takes time. You have to figure out what's not good for it and what's not right for it and weed and seed it out. And in the end, it's wonderful. I remember when you couldn't play hip hop, gangster music on the radio. Not at all. And it wasn't, it. now it's in commercials. Now you got Martha Stewart smoking weed with Snoop Dogg. Right, it's on the Super Bowl. Right, it's on the Super Bowl. True, that, 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 that shit was epic. That was epic. That was epic for it's us. come a long way. Dog, I, I, I love West Coast rap, so like that, that, that was fucking, you know what I'm saying, paying homage to my high school and shit, that shit was good. Variety of anything. I like R&B, I love, I love music. Yeah, mu- good music is good I music. I love good music. I love For good real. music. So right. I can't really say, I'm not going to put that on one person, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give a shout out to Big Daddy Kane, okay. with your little, because you know, you made me want to talk to the ladies. Right. Talk to the Did ladies. You, were you trying to dance like Kane? Um, no. <laughs> I was in between like he's kid a, and play. He's a dancing motherfucker, man. His whole that whole little stage. Yeah, but see, then he found too short and shit, and he decided, you know. Yeah, you know, and then it was unfortunately <laughs> we don't we don't dance anymore. You know, what I'm we don't right. dance anymore. We just cut a two step. You remember the first time listening to Too Short? Mm-hmm. Bitch. Mm-hmm. Sure do. Uh, you know my first favorite album cover album cover uh-huh. was Ice T the Pusha album when his ex-wife oh. was on oh, the cover yeah, no, back in the yeah no, I thought that was the that, K no, no, I thought that was the I, K I, I thought that was Coco I thought Coco. that was his current no no, no that was the first, first wife. wife his first wife oh shit okay that yeah, was yeah f- that was the first one cause yes. she's done a couple of podcasts and talked about that shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's hey, a, yep. you ain't pimping until you put your wife in a bikini on a fucking uh, cassette um that was the first album that I had to say that I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. This is what we're I mean, doing pushes here. Pushes the shit. Pushes the shit. 
So no, a lot of influences, a lot of influences. Music, period. Even the failures. Uh-huh. Even the failures. You had to learn about what was them guys' name? Um, the um, the ones who the um, the ones who who was imitating somebody else's voices that was singing and dancing. Millie with Vanilli. The Millie Vanilli. You had to learn from that. Hip hop yeah. in the industry had to learn from <laughs> Millie Vanilli. <laughs> For somebody to be able to keep it real, you gotta have some fake and right, shit. Right, you gotta have some fake. Gotta have some fake. The Takashi Eight Nine, you know what I'm saying? You gotta have a little bit of that in the industry. Right. It you makes it industry. Mean. It makes it interesting. Everybody else extra hard. Right. Keeps you on your toes. Right on your toes. I was gonna ask you when, when, when did you kind of start taking music seriously? Um, I would say like around. Oh five, oh six, like when we started going outside of Colorado, because initially, you know, we did a lot of shows out here, but mm-hmm. uh, we didn't start going on the road, like as far as playing other states. So it was around that time when we, you know, started actually spending money and traveling and fucking performing for people that we've never met, rather than you know, all the homies, cat, right? The, the the homies, like they're fans, but you know them by their first. I think that that was all. Like for me, the realization that the shit is getting real was that transition where like you see somebody decked out in your gear you know they got your fucking hat your shirt and shit your charm on and you don't know who the fuck they are that i was like oh shit you yeah, know what I'm saying? people shit. actually like like me for my music not just because i got a good personality and shit you know uh, so you've been doing like the merch for a minute right a long fucking that's kind of like a big part of it which people don't really understand man for our scene is a huge part of it because uh-huh. They, they'll spend that money right like I mean the digital checks are nice but the CD sales is not what they were 10 years ago like uh-huh. the fucking physicals died down and but merch is where you make that money you know what now you get the physical copies and that is part of your merch right right is it something it, you could display that small you could sign that it's shit it's a plastic for poster you know what I mean exactly that, that's really all it is like a lot of cats you know I, I always used to fucking get really hurt and shit like you know, sometimes I'd speak on it, sometimes I'd hold it in, but it was like when fans would bring you a CD to sign and it was still shrink-wrapped. Mm-hmm. And you're like, don't you want to open that? And they'd be like, no, just tag it on the plastic. And I'm like, you're never going to fucking play that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, get, you're having me sign it, so you're not going to open it, so you're not going to bump the album. And they're like, scum, I got Spotify, you know what I'm saying? Like, fucking, what do you listen to? I'm like, uh, Spotify? So, I guess it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't be mad because I do the same shit. People are different. I would, me personally, I would open that shit and have you sign the, 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 the cover I and the do. CD. You know what I mean? Like, and so you can display with the little open cock eye, you know what I mean? But I'm like starting that. to understand, like, that, that a lot of the times them not opening that CD doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to bump it. It just, Spotify, YouTube, fucking, you know, Pandora, fucking iTunes music, like, the shit is everywhere. It is. My whole discography is there, so I guess some people don't even own a CD player anymore. I don't, and and I'm old, I'm older, and you think I would, you know what I mean, but I don't. The one thing the CD player comes in handy for is, like, a lot of old school fucking like hard bangers and shit that were on soundtracks that shit is never on fucking spotify or any of that like You're soundtracks right. you have to buy you know and, and that, that's the shit that you want to pop the cd in for you're right you're right because there's like um i don't know the name of the song but there's like a mob deep song that's really tight and it's only on like the sunset sunset deep cover is not on any fucking uh you know spotify's pandora's any of that shit you, you have to fucking go and buy the damn soundtrack and even nowadays shit cds are worth money shit i remember this was years years ago like my girl bought me a couple cds like you know what i mean and she paid like 30 40 bucks a piece for it it's even hard to find a cd rack 
Like yeah. I wanted a standing CD rack from my bedroom to put the old school CDs, the uh -huh. stashed ones, and I couldn't find one. Like it was hard to find. That's crazy. It was hard to find. Everything comes back though, man. Cassettes are coming back right now and shit. Like so many artists uh, press them and fans buy them. And half the time they don't fucking own a cassette deck and shit. It's just a collector's item. Collector's item. I'm telling you, yeah, just a thing that you can kind of display that doesn't take up too much space. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, as the merch manager, I've watched the phase go from being able to sell you two CDs and tell you, hey, Take one, keep one, and, and open one. the other one to where now you just want the signed one. Because yeah. for sure now you don't. To where it was like, eh, 25, 75, 50, 50. It's already gone up. People don't really want physicals. If they do, it's for a collector's item. They want you yeah. to sign it and keep on trucking. Even the vinyls now. Vinyls sell, but autograph it, send it on. You want to yeah. you want to keep it on deck. Exactly. The the people that really keep like the physical still alive and shit. A lot of the times is the cast have been down with you for a long time, and they say they own your first eighteen albums. Right. They and they're proud. They have a full collection. They're really fucking with you. Your new album comes out. They might not even listen to the CDs, but they almost feel like you know what I'm saying like, do I get one more and my collection is still complete, or you know what I'm saying do I stop buying the physicals and just listen to Pandora and most people you know it's a collection it's your pride and joy you know, if the new that was the shit back in the days I mean we used to cassette I mean, collections yeah. fucking you know people you know and if you had every release you had to get the new release you just kind of have to and shit it's you know we're like ghetto politicians life has made us true for the people because real life Things, circumstances have made us real good for the business. We're both collectors of something. I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z collector. And when I mean huge collector, I mean I go all the way from having Dragon Ball on VHS from when the sets made the little pictures all the way up to GT. Uh -huh. He's a car collector. He's an old school car collector. There's certain coins, and he's a kind of coin stamp. I think something you, you'd have to ask Cor him. But coins. Yeah, he's like silver and right, gold. right. See, but <laughs> but we understand the value of things aging and the old and the new in the middle. So it's made us better with our company within watching the times you change. You think of what you would buy for your collection, and you're like, we can put an LSP logo on that shit and sell it. And sell it. But, but you know, honestly, this shit would not be possible without the people that fuck with us. Like, I, the, 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 our fan base is probably the best motherfuckers out there. They take all of our shortcomings and shit as human beings, you know, fucking my love for partying on the road and shit and fucking they roll with it. They support us. They, I mean, they're the ones that like, you know, when, when COVID hit and like we lost two tours back to back and shit and you know, that's a big part of my income. Plus I, you know, co-run a venue and shit, same thing. You know, there was no shows and I was like, the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, do, do I go back to normal life and shit? And, uh, they, they were buying so much more merch and they're, you know, I put out probably the most music I've ever done in my life in, in that year and a half. I think I dropped like six albums in a year and a half, but God damn. Yep. at the same time, they, we were doing a fucking illegal underground show for 50 fucking kids in some fucking warehouse because, you know, shows were not allowed. Right. And these motherfuckers would buy more merch than an average tour stop with 300 people. Like yep. that they really allowed for us to fucking still stay in business and shit like you know be able to fucking cover office rent and shit fucking pay artist royalties and 
I without them, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't matter how fucking dope the album is and shit, if nobody's listening to it, you ain't gonna fucking eat. At the same time it kept us humble. Um mm -hmm. at the same time that same year and a half of that we watched the merch game kind of grow, we watched our community decrease. We watched friends that would be quit doing music. Quit doing music, quit doing tours. We watched people lose their homes, their families, their lives. There would be times he would come pick me up for work and there'd be a cat on the corner begging for change with a new hat that I know because I'm, I'm that, that I know $40. right that I know that I sold him for $40 yeah. within the past 9 months cuz I know when I dropped that hat. Yeah. I know where I would have sold it to you and within that time frame you're that already and it sucked. And there were and I remember one instance we he was picking me up and I made him make a U-turn so I can give this guy some extra bread. Some extra bread. Cause I just felt like, and that might have been the equivalent of our pay for that one little hat, and it right. didn't matter to us. We didn't want to see that to our people. No hell no, shit. That, 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 that shit hurt. That like, hurts. Uh, you know, that hurts. you want sure, to see you, sure. you want to see your people doing good. You want to see the people that, you know, they rely for you to get through their day and shit. But at the same time, you know, you want them doing good. You don't want to be like, hey, you know, bump our shit. It can be just like him. Like that ain't like that and shit, man. Like I, it, it definitely. It was a weird time. It made us appreciate a lot of our people. Watched a lot of our people die and shit, man. It was a depressing time. Uh, yeah, it that was sucks. Such a, for touring musicians, you know what I'm saying? A lot of overdoses, a lot of fucking, you know what I'm saying? Um, just bad fucking breakdowns and shit. Depression. So, Depression was bad. Drinking nah, himself to death. Bad. That's what a lot of people are doing. Like you said, doing a lot of drugs and doing a lot of drinking like during COVID because they didn't have nothing else. Did that shit too and shit. What helped us was we had each other and we still had the music. We still knew we had to put out and do something for the music because people were listening to it. They were sitting at home. You needed some home entertainment. That, that is true. For sure, for sure. You needed something to keep you occupied other than going out there raging in the streets and releasing all that energy that you got to do other things that you could be doing totally some negative towards. And we try to keep it contained inside the house. Cool. Go shoot up Call of Duty. Don't go shoot up to school. Right. Not at all. Leave them kids alone. Yeah, leave them kids at school. If you, hey, hey, if you want to hit me up, I'm Elder Dragon 75 on PlayStation. <laughs> hey, if you want to yell at me while your mom's in the other room and talk shit to me, you know what I'm saying? That's cool. I, I, I Let that out on me. But do not go to the schools. Do not go to the grocery stores. I'm just trying to get a Reese's peanut butter cup, maybe a couple <laughs> apples, you know what I'm saying? Some Starbucks. Don't don't be He's shooting down, up the grocery store. Him. Right, yeah. I'm down. Don't shoot at me. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> were y'all glad? Were, were you, how do you say, as soon as COVID was done, did you like... Dog. Yeah, yeah, here's the thing. COVID, in a different way, also taught us to be humble with fucking events. Because, like, we were so beat up and shit. We were doing 100 shows a year for a few years before COVID hit. And so, like, we were burned out. I was like, man, I need a fucking break. I took the first three months of the evil year off and shit like I, I turned down show offers i turned out tour offers i was like man i need a fucking break we're going back out in april we just did two back-to-back -back fucking nationwide tours and uh i passed on all these shows which for the next year i was like oh shit i should have played that and that and that these are the big ones right dog like just just 
It, in general. It, in general, because during COVID, after about six to nine, I would say six to nine months and shit of like sitting at the crib, we were taking any show offers. Motherfuckers would be like, yo, you know what I'm saying? We're throwing together this illegal fucking basement party and shit. Fucking, you know, if the police don't shut it down, it's going to be fun. We'll pay you still your normal guarantee, but it ain't going to be a real venue because all the real venues are closed. Right. You know, or playing fucking places where like it starts with sitting down and next thing you know, the fans don't push the tables back and they're starting to mosh and you're like are they gonna shut it down or are they gonna let it slide like it really each one of the we went from 100 shows a year to seven in the evil year of 2020 damn seven that's wild it was fucking crazy and it's like everybody else going to school it's a routine for us we've built a lifestyle and a home style built off of being on the road and doing this music consistently our kids no, this is what we do. Our families know this is what we do. And when I mean that, let me clarify that. When I mean you won't be home for Thanksgiving, you won't be home for Easter. Right. One of the it. kids' birthdays might get missed, and he might be pissed the next year, or he might be, or you might have to come home. It's psychological. You might have to buy a pair, extra pair, and then you pay off your kids for being gone. And how does that turn? It's it's so, bro. It's it's life. It's right. real life. This is real life. There's a cost to it. There's a cost to it. There's a cost to everything. There's a cost to it. Now, when you're on tour, you sound like you party a lot. You get down, man, or what? Uh, you you kind of have to. It's part of, like, no, is he's very, part, no. Is, is very, as his manager, he's very professional. He shows up on time. I do show up on time. <laughs> I mean, but no, but you're, when we say this party, like, you, you guys are, like, in with the crowd. Like, it's not well, like you do your show and you dip. You're there. No, hell no. And shit, kicking like, it with them. And, dog, when you do certain tours and shit, like, and they sell, sell VIP and you're a part of the VIP package because you're one of the headliners, you take the money because you know what I'm saying but then yeah, I, I'm the first one to always get in trouble for fucking they're like no you're in the crowd fucking taking pictures and signing shit for free so you're devaluing the fucking VIP package and I'm like well that's too bad that's what I normally do you gotta do that man you, you, you have to it's, it's, it's part of the underground like we we truly stand by the this underground the LSP family the, the whole just culture of this type of music and you have to be in the crowd you have to you have to be a fan of the music like kind of what you know you asked about hip-hop that we fuck with and that we grew up on you truly like i feel because we're both music fans and like i couldn't live without music right me neither man so, i don't so it's you know you know like you have to treat them how you want to be treated as a fan of the music which we are so no no we're always in there and and yes it's, it's partying because we built this you know, when we started touring and shit, like, everybody fucking sits there and scratches their dick talking about, you know, when I get writers, I'm going to ask for this and this and this. And so we always fucking push that whole, like, you know, Jaeger is our tour drink because, you know, out of trying all these various alcohols, you know. I like Jaeger bombs. Those are the best. Same here. That's pretty much our designated it's like drink. It's NyQuil. Mm. NyQuil. Terry NyQuil. The beautiful thing about Jaeger is... You can drink it for 30 days straight and not be that hungover and just keep functioning like you don't get sick like that. Mm. At least for us, because we, we, we drank the brandies. We fucking drank the tequilas and shit and fucking, you know, whiskeys. And it just ended up coming to Jaeger being that designated drink. So, um, um, 
and crown apple, please. The, the, and, and screwball for me, but like the, the and a shout thing. out and a shout out to Ogden, Utah, for bringing us underground. The underground, the yes. underground. Uh, you know what I'm saying? As much as I hate Ogden, Utah, because that's where IRS is based and shit, and IRS be fucking with independence. Um, there's also this delicious beverage made there called the underground, which if you're a Jaeger drinker, you definitely have to try. It's a very interesting. I think that's chapter that's chapter two, three of the LSP book coming out soon. Hell no, we ain't putting that book out okay. till I'm dead. Okay, right. I got daughters and granddaughters and shit. I don't know. But yeah, the check for that one in you know what I'm saying the underground Ogden, Utah. There's a story behind that, and we can't tell you right now because it's in the book. But trust me, you want to know. There was a story behind that. <laughs> Where the underground came from. And I just want to say he never stopped rapping. Nope. Nope. Never stop rapping. That's all I'm gonna say. No, yeah. Underground. Just gotta keep it moving. Keep it moving. No, but 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 to answer your partying question, it's it's part of the lifestyle, man. Like it's you get to the venue first. You're there usually at least two hours before doors for load in for merch setup for sound check. You're there last because you got to load out, right. and fucking you know, say goodbyes and the shit, sign last fucking things, have last couple of shots, and that's every day, or you know usually six days out of the week on a tour for a month and you're there for the acts and you're there for dealing with the venues and that's just what you do is you party i mean and it's kind of then the tour turns into a slightly blur like hey you leave home and shit and then you know a month later you're like shit it's already over i don't know you're like where'd all that time go the road depression will get to you if you don't fucking try to at least make this fun, man. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you spend a whole lot of time in a fucking vehicle and shit. I don't trust highways. We've been in too many fucking deadly accidents and shit over the years. Um, it's just something that you try to make the best of it. And then it becomes a part of the lifestyle. Like I said, like, you know, for a minute there, we were like, yo, so beat from fucking constantly touring and shit. Wish I could have a break. You get that forced break and you realize how much you fucking like... 10 years of constantly going out like you build friendships and you know what I'm saying like close fucking bonds with people all over the country and you take seeing them for granted until you realize like you're like shit the only reason I get to and shit other than like a few big festivals a year is because we're constantly traveling and shit right. and like it's like losing a limb and shit you know I couldn't fucking I was going crazy like fucking claustrophobia statewide you know uh -huh. like motherfuckers would be afraid of being trapped in an elevator and shit for me it was like being i love colorado but i'm like i have to be able to miss it occasionally otherwise i'm gonna go fucking crazy right and it sounds like you guys are hitting everywhere right pretty much i mean pretty much i would say there's maybe like i think seven or eight states that we don't we haven't hit and a lot of them are like either super fucking you know pro-righteous christian states or far ones like alaska or hawaii and shit that are you know what i'm saying just out of the way but the goal is to play everywhere right how would you guys kind of describe your music or your style your genre mm. <laughs> i'll let him describe that one um well okay my personal music is, is one thing the label is the other thing like lsp is just an aggressive music label i mean we have horrorcore artists like myself but then we have hard hip-hop artists and we have trap artists and like 
it's, it's you don't have to be a horrorcore artist to be a part of LSB. You just have but to make. But that's like a little bit of it. Like you said, it's the trap horrorcore. It's the everybody yeah. does their own thing. Like I'm more, I guess, second generation horrorcore considered a classic musician for this genre. And real quick, for the people that don't know, can you explain that to them real quick? What horrorcore is? Horrorcore is like fuck death metal put to fucking rap. Realistically, like it's uh, the scary stories from when I because I don't I'm not one of the original ones I came in later and he trained me in the dark side so when you look it up it always shows up as more like scary stories Freddy Jason conformed um, serial killers conformed into rap music Kind of some grave diggers type shit. Maybe? Yes, brother Lynch shit. Yes, Bro- brother Lynch and grave diggers and like flatliners. That's all in a way considered horrorcore. And actually, yes. that's one of the subgenre tags you'll find on each one of those artists. Um, We've had the opportunity. corpse to fucking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying to add it over some fucking hip hop beats. You know, and our sub movement of horrorcore being gore hop is really based on the fact that we don't go after the scarier, darker beats, which would be kind of like what Flatliners started with. It was like Onyx on some fucking evil shit. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like fucking. I don't, we don't really have an evil song. We just it, it's shock rap. It's. I was just gonna say some wild ass shit is gonna make me be like, God damn, but I'm gonna hear a bunch of it. Pretty much, <laughs> right. You know, but I feel that every genre has that, you know, black sheep in it and shit, okay. that that oddity. And for hip hop, that's horrorcore. Okay. You know, fucking like a lot of that horrorcore is where you shove all the unspeakable content and shit, you know, like you each one of these artists calls their shit something else. You know right. what I'm saying? Acid rap, fucking wicked shit, gore hop. But it's really all horrorcore. And it's fucking, it's that stamp where people that love it, they truly love it. It has a cult following. But is it for everybody? No, not so much. I think the closest to to horrorcore, but still accepted by the masses, would be Vinnie Paz. Like, I, I feel that's as dark as hip hop can get without getting that fucking stamp. Right. That's I was gonna say Brother Lynch. Eating baby guts and shit like yes, that. You know what yes, I mean? Yes. Lynch definitely he he has horrorcore albums he has albums that are more gangster yes, right. and he has definitely. a separation but, which are horrorcore gotcha like that strange trilogy that was horrorcore because that for was sure. kind of more of an introduction for me into it was Brother Lynch hung but I listened to Brother Lynch hung more on the gangster end the with like Sebo you know what I'm saying E40s that was the Selly Cell that was during that time frame but when he started doing the combination of both, I understood the Stephen King, the it side of what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And even what was it, Big Lurch? What what year was that? That was in the nineties. Big yeah. Lurch when he ate it, when he ate his, what was that? His baby's mama. That was in the nineties. X Ray, its first album X-ray. was horrorcore as right. fuck. Yeah. So it's always been there in the hood. So, but once again, you go from. You know what I'm saying? Dancing and hopping on that leg and to what did he just say? Mm-hmm. And everybody that couldn't do take. that in the hood. So it took a certain direction with those types that you just named. And that's where you get the separation of us that can that's willing to go between both and like, yeah, man, just let hey, just let him do his thing. Does it sound good? Are you bobbing your head? Mm-hmm. 
does it make you get up in the morning and maybe be a little bit more positive and not more negative than you were yesterday? And that's all that matters. And negative music releases negative energy. People <laughs> proven shit. People that are into that kind of shit genuinely feel better on the inside and happier mm -hmm. after listening to this negative type of music. Fucking like brutal death metal saved my life and it's kind of the closest comparison too because shit like that when i was like an angry 14 year old is cannibal corpse really out there fucking digging up dismembering and fucking corpses probably not you know it, it's entertainment but it made me feel better and shit like you know what i'm saying i fucking i was an ugly fucking poor kid fucking that didn't speak english in this country and shit fucking you know at the age of like 14, 15, I was angry as fuck. I needed fucking violent music. Right. What about like all the backlash though? I mean, that has to kind of suck. You, you, get the, you get the backlash, but honestly. You get the backlash from anything. True that. From somebody. There's always been can't, a hater can't, out can't there. Can't please everybody and shit. There's always been a hater no, out there. You're 100 on that. Who, who can you please 100%? Even your mama, she don't love you. I mean, she do like tell you she love you 100%, but there's something in the back of her head. She'd be like, hey, with that man, he would never take out the trash. Lad would never wash his bed. Would never wash the toilet, clean out the toilet, put down the toilet seat. You know what's weird and shit? Like, I, I've ran events and fucking a concert hall for a very long time. And um, the most peaceful and, like, least problematic shows out there and shit is, like, horrorcore, juggalo, and death metal. The, the, ne the most negative content, motherfuckers break up their own fights usually. There ain't nobody getting shot. There ain't nobody getting stabbed. And if those people are going to snap, they're not going to snap at one of those shows because that's their happy place. That's their haven, right. Uh -huh. So, like, I, I love those scenes. Like, I feel comfortable around those people. This is their fucking safe zone and shit. They come, they release their anger, fucking they go home, they feel a little better. So, in a way, we're doing something decent. Right. So, would you guys say, like, um, like, what's the difference between, like, you guys and, and Juggalos or ICP? Is They're just kind of, like, a different lane, but kind of in the same kind of thing. Because, like you said, they kind of have the same shit. They don't really trip on each other. They're the OGs to this. You know right. They're the OGs. They're, 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 just, they're the OGs. Well, well, you know, we mentioned artists in different markets. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, on the West Coast, Lynch Hung, you know, as far as what to me is horrorcore. On the South, it'd be like Gangsta Nip or, or Three Six Mafia. On the East Coast, it'd be like Gravediggers and Flatliners. Okay. When it comes to Michigan, it's Esham and ICP. You know, those are the founders mm -hmm. of that Midwest chapter of horrorcore and shit. And I mean, I Juggalos are a big part of our scene and our culture and shit. Like, Huge. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I will always be thankful to ICP for br bringing so many more faces to this dark side. Right. You know what I'm saying? Nothing but love. Have you ever met him? Yeah, we, we, we've done... Yeah. Or done shows with him, I'm sure. Yeah, um, several gatherings. Eight gatherings. Yeah. Several gatherings, several little smaller shows, several of their artists on the label. Um, man, it's... Pretty much done shows, or if not tours, we've done shows with pretty much everybody that we fuck with. Past and kind of like past and present. Wow. Past and present. Even still now, we still do business with both of them. With all of them. Yeah, no, no I mean, I, without the juggalo culture, I don't think horrorcore would have survived because commercially it was a loss like I, I remember when flatliners who coined the term horrorcore in general and mm -hmm. shit you know 
they, their debut album was on Def Jam and shit. You know, that's Russell Simmons's nephew, and fucking the album was amazing to me, but it was a flop on a major level, major label expectations. Like, do our genre would be like, man, motherfucker sold a quarter million albums. Right. That's awesome. But it's not doing LL numbers, yeah, like right. you know. But to the label, it was like, that's just not enough. It's just an underground genre with a dedicated, loyal cult following and shit that, you know what I'm saying, like, if you don't love it and, and you're not a part of it and shit, you probably be like, man, this shit is too weird. I'm just, I just want some normies to fuck with me. We don't like normies. We like them. We love them shit. <laughs> right. it, it was a great entry. I, I, I love, I love, I don't love every single last Juggalo, but I love the Juggalo, I love culture. Juggalo culture, yes, all, all because day. it was a great to me, it was a great sideline out from being able to be in the music, but not being able to be judged. 90s music started judging cunning. You had to kind of keep up a certain appearance yeah. into 2000. You had to wear a certain type of shoe. You had to wear a certain type of pants. You had to wear a certain, and it's not, I got tired of trying to keep up with the Joneses. Exactly. I watched the era grow. I didn't want to do that anymore. The juggalo scene didn't judge you for anything, however you... I've seen some of the most craziest shit. Allegedly. Allegedly. Some of the... Cra and, it's, and it's not judged. It's right. not judged. I mean, and I don't mean like out there, like, but I've seen... Not illegal, you know what I'm saying? Illegal like, like raping little baby kids or weird oh, shit. Bad. But I mean like partying. I've seen and done some pretty cool ass shit. Let's hear about a couple of No, <laughs> that's in the book. You gotta give us that's in side. the book. Right, that's right, in the right. book. That's going in the book. Right? That's going in the book. But, but no, no. I'm, I'm very grateful for the Juggalo community for accepting, you know what I'm saying, for being accepting of the weird, being into the weird, into the weird. And it's not weird. We're just normal weird. We're just, I, I don't know what it is. Who's, what's normal and what's weird at this point? Like, I, I feel there's a big difference in shit. Like, <clears throat> I hate the term juggalo rapper. It's just, you know what I'm saying, like what, what for we sure. fought for years because I'm like, we have our own identity, but you know what I'm saying, I consider myself a juggalo. I, I love the juggalo culture and shit. And I honestly, it took me years to understand how, how important it is you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, that it's not just a fucking party and motherfuckers get together and do drugs and shit and fucking, like, it's really a culture with its own fucking lingo, its own background and, and story and shit. People are genuinely look out for each other like it's it's a almost like i don't know the it's, it's violent, like it's, violent hippies hey it's like by it's no it's like villages it's yeah, like villages some, like some grateful dead shit it's all little villages and all together the little villages come together and, and form and, in one main right but to ewoks and that's but, what it's but like I, i'm happy to be one of the ewoks and right shit. i love those fucking type of everybody migrates everybody migrates from their own little part of the world somewhere to a nice party and i I mean, hey, the kids are being watched. The there's being food cooked, water being given out. You see somebody not doing so well, you help them out. There's right. no there's no letting them lay on the ground like that. There are people Just to make sure they're alive and shit. Right. Make that, sure they're breathing. Yep. But how many other scenes do that like that? Not many. Those not are, many. Not, they'll pull out the camera and start recording. We no, just seen the other day. Fuck all that. that, that that's you know what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like the scene is, it, it's like a book with a fucking really scary cover. Mm -hmm. That's like a really fucking good story on the inside. You just got to fucking look past the cover. And it's never been about how big is your chain. 
Right. I've never or who has the coolest shoes because trust me, you your shoes do not matter. If anything, it might be who has the best drugs. Man, right, right, <laughs> that, 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 that goes a lot. For hey, me. hey, I'll say, hey, I'll say the hair. I'll say the hair and the beards. The beards get it in. The beard cats, they get it in. They don't know it, but they get it in. What do you mean? The beard, the guys who have yeah. the long little beard. I ain't got no long beard. I keep it nice and trimmed. I'm the manager, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. I got to look good, you know what I'm saying? What do you say? Is the motherfucker that be looking like a dwarf in Lord of the Rings and shit? He's like, yo, that motherfucker's getting all the pussy. Right, he's oh, getting bro. all the pussy. He's getting the rougher, all the... The rougher you look, not like yeah. rough, rough. Not beard. rough, but... because he can't grow that I beard. I can't grow that, that beard. I'm just a hater. I, I can't grow the hair. And I can't grow no hair on the top. I'm bald. You know oh, what I'm man. saying? You know what I'm saying? That even the long hair and the little drips and you know what I'm saying? The little long, even back in the hood, the, the little long <laughs> braids, they was cool. The little Shirley Temples and all that. But you know what I'm saying? I ain't got no hair. I'm just bald-headed. I don't like bald-headed no more. Hey, when you guys are on tour, what are you looking for, man, out there? Like, as far as, like, chick-wise, man, you find you get... You get oh, you know none of the above. We're, We're not, not even look looking. We are, we are not looking for chicks. You know we are at work. Well, you're partying, you know what I mean? I mean no. You gotta, you know. No, party... My wife is listening, oh. we're not on the road. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are not. No, um, right? No, hey, no, not even that. Because at, at this stage in the game, even if we were single, we're not looking for that. This is a no, business it, for us. It, it's a job. This is a job. And this is a job. Hey, but you get a fifteen minute break. <laughs> yeah, but that's problems. That's yeah, problems. Yeah. And that's we, hey, we, and when we, when we both already got kids, we know how expensive they is. I don't oh, want no man. I don't want no real. more of them. No more. No more. Yeah. I love them. I love mine to death, but I don't want no more. They're expensive. They're expensive. And you meant you, you you already mentally in my head. You know what I'm saying? To where you you hey, like we said, it's part of what we do. I might, my example, I might have to wake up because my daughter's in another state. And no matter where she's at, she's in that state. She'll hit me up for breakfast in the morning. And it, it's boba money. And she wants that Starbucks money, whatever she, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh -huh. And no matter what I'm partying or doing, at, and even the time shift, even if I'm on the East Coast, if I'm on the West Coast, if I got a straw in my hand or a dollar, or if I got a double shot in my hand, you know what I'm saying? Hey, dude. when that text come through, I got to send that cash up. I got to send that through. It's the love, man. You know, you, 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 when you, you when they call it, home. when they call in the morning and want five minutes before they get on the bus or whatever, you got to... Yeah, Hello, fun. child. Yes. So you the just, just, yes. Yes. Your dad's doing all right there. Yes. We just had a long night there. Yes. So. He's actually getting ready to go to bed now. <laughs> right. Right. Wrong night. Right. <laughs> but you got to send that. You got to send that, and you got to do that. You got to do that. It's part of the lifestyle. You got to balance it and shit. Honestly, anybody except for like the straight edge musicians, which there is some, but not most of the people in our community. Um, you couldn't do a fucking like people are like well do you tour all year long i'm like you would literally die like the abuse you put on your body and shit a month at a time um is enough but like if you try to do that shit for six to nine months in a row and shit it would just shut down and you would die now when you're doing that six to nine months in a row how many shows are you doing a week no, that's what I'm saying. I couldn't survive a fucking six to nine month tour and shit. Fucking party too hard. I would die. Um, on a 30 day, I mean, like, say you do a month long tour. Okay. That's usually 24, 25 shows in a 30 day stretch. So you get like a day off a week, you know? Mondays. Usually. 
usually Mondays is damn near impossible to sell. And then if you, you got like some major holiday during the tour, that'll be that extra day off and shit because nobody buys holidays. You know, you're like, hey, we're playing and shit. You should book us. They're like, it's Thanksgiving, dickheads. <laughs> Same motherfuckers are sitting at home eating turkey. You know what's funny is I actually seen um who the fuck did I see? I seen like do or die. On Thanksgiving or something. Thanksgiving fucking night, and I didn't think it was gonna be no one there, but it was actually pretty cracking. It was like it was jail felony and fucking mm. do or die and do or die. Okay, okay. Castleman, that, that, that's dope. But, but but that means they found somebody, to, you know, to take that. Trust me, and you're not getting oh, paid yeah. your full guarantee and shit to do a holiday, because you are fighting against fucking family functions and all of that shit. But you know. Of course you try to sell it because ain't nothing better than sitting at a fucking hotel room on some holiday. At least like you're rocking a show, you're partying, you're, you know what I'm saying, you're having a good time, you're making money. Yeah. Fucking versus just sitting there and be like, oh shit, we got a day off. Fucking everybody else is at home doing family shit and our lives suck. And, <laughs> and ain't nothing open. You might get a movie before 2 o'clock, before 4 or 5 o'clock. Other than that, they shutting down early 2 on a holiday. Oh, uh, yeah. There's nothing open. There's nothing going down. I've been stuck on the college campus for Thanksgiving one year, and that shit was like a ghost town. Nothing was open, and like, you know, the 7-Eleven. Uh-huh. Yep, uh, by DU, when we fucking lived there for a while and shit, like old, old headquarters. I wasn't shit open, but 7-Eleven on fucking, you know what I'm saying, Thanksgiving. Nachos, baby, nachos. Mm -hmm. All right, 7-Eleven nachos. And, and you, you were talking about having artists all over the place, huh? Yes, sir. Yes. So, How did that kind of start? How did you guys start recruiting your, your army or team? My brother, um, rest in peace, um, who co-founded the label and, you know what I'm saying, like helped do the financials and the numbers and all, you know what I'm saying, like and the origins of it till 07. He moved to Indiana and his, you know, he's been pushing. He's like, well, since, you know what I'm saying, like you're going to be here in Colorado and, you know, we're going to start adding artists from out there so he signed dark half that was our first out of the state and like very big signing and shit motherfuckers had an amazing career but um when he passed you know we're kind of like well shit there's no you know no point in trying to fucking run two different i guess div divisions to a label if i have to run both of them right so we combined that shit and um, it worked, and you know, as we started traveling and doing shows in other states, you meet artists, and you're like, man, this motherfucker's killing it, and shit, like, you know, they would like to fucking build with them. And so, you know, we added an artist from New Mexico at that point, so we had one from Wisconsin, one from New Mexico, and uh, from there on, we just, you know, as we tour, as we expand, you know, we try to um, bring out every region has their own sound. It kind of almost sounds like I watched some the and one documentary the other day and how they would pick up like people from each city like if you would win and you could join the tour and you know what i mean so like you know that. maybe not city but like region yeah you know what i'm saying like for for us and sometimes you end up with more than one in one state you know just because it's two different sounds but most of the time you know we do have somebody per region or at least close enough to where they can work together and shit right so, no, no, it's definitely growing, and then um, we added our first international artist and shit recently, and we're gonna start trying to expand overseas and just keep building and shit. Is See, that the market right now overseas? They eat that shit up. They, I hear they know the music better than us. To an extent, just depends. But I mean, a lot of the countries they support their own actually out there, which you know. Germany is huge on horrorcore, but it's German-spoken horrorcore, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, fucking Japan has their own shit, but it's Japanese-spoken shit, you know? So, but 
It's de- definitely some like we'll, we'll those, are the, those are the cats you need to collab with. You, you know, they have their and we Japanese do, verse, and you got my verse. And, we we have know. a lot of international songs, man. I got songs with as many as like seven languages per song. That's that's dope. That's I, real I def- dope. Definitely fuck with international community. Uh, no, yeah. it's it's kept us in a it's kept us in a nice it's kept us in a nice loop with everybody around the world. I mean, it's it's hasn't separated us. This guy's been able to do music with everybody throughout the country and throughout the world. And with him being international himself, mm-hmm. it's it's easier for him to have these connections and with having a successful, good, positive business label. Right. Who are some of the, your favorites that you've done music with? In your, um, in I don't actually business? do any of the music. That's the oh, one okay. thing. See, that's the good thing about being the left hand. I don't want to be a rapper. Gotcha. So there is no division or any argument or fights amongst us in the business gotcha. we're able to run the business without having that fight because i don't want to be a rapper i'm not a producer i'm not a rapper i handle kind of everything else business yeah i handle the i handle the business i mean but same thing with like him i tour manage i tour book mm-hmm. uh my merch manage i i manage several other tour managers throughout every single one of our almost almost one of our artists has a tour i mean has a merch manager which because we have at least a 450 item website um, that I manage, me and another gentleman. So between the website and between touring, I stay busy amongst that. And the yeah. seven, making sure everybody has merch. Somebody has to do the little stuff and right. not mind doing the little stuff. Right. Like, How did you guys meet? At a collection agency. Yep. Like a job? Yeah. Suit and tie. We both had on Stacy Adams dress shirts and, you know what I'm saying, ties. And we were trying to buy weed. One of us was trying to, I don't remember if it was him or me that was trying to buy weed for one another. And we both like music. The most drug friendly, <laughs> felon friendly suit and tie industry in the fucking world. Collections. Uh, running motherfuckers' yep. pockets and yep. shit. We work for a law firm. Yep, sure did. Yeah. I can never do collections. I tried. You know the mean? morals kick in later. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some people stay in it for life. Like, for me, they came a time where I was like, dog, I'm hitting up all people, like all my homies and shit. Like, this shit is wrong. But initially, you're just like, man, this, it ain't no different than fucking hard drug dealing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, you know you're doing bad to motherfuckers, but you're really not giving a fuck because you need that money at the time and shit. And everybody is, when you're young, your morals are a little, you know what I'm saying, a, a lot more flexible. So who had the weed? Both of us did at some point in time, but I think it was more me at that time. That was a long. That was a long. Time it ago was a, such a long time ago. A lot of drinking, a lot of party drugs. Yeah, and shit. I remember coming to that motherfucker tripping on acid, fucking, and like Work. just yeah, lost his fucking shit in that office. You know what I'm saying? Like fucking hitting people up, trying to run their pockets and shit while fucking tripping balls and shit. <sighs> See, and I was a club thug back then. I would go hop the fence. I would on our Thursday late nights. I would go hop the fence behind. Our our job go to this club this local club and get a stamp for free uh-huh. have two for slam two free drinks in a 15 minute break and this is all in some Stacey Adams on the shirt and tie Hop rehop the fits back come back to work all in you know what I'm saying and then later on when we get off I'd go back either go home and, and change clothes or either just go after work and go back and get jiggy gotcha so no that's what I went home and did drugs yeah he went home and did drugs do you guys remember the first time you guys smoked weed Shit. Uh, in general, Let's I wouldn't see, yeah. say the first time we smoked weed. I say the first time we realized we could we this this we could do this together, 
and I think it was the six footer. Yeah. Okay. He stayed. Okay. Let me. When I first met him, he had this dungeon. Okay. <laughs> this fucking dungeon. Little, little dungeon. Yeah. He had this dungeon. This little... smoking basement. And right. Shit. And then there lived a six foot bong. And there lived and a the six... six foot bong. Tested your fucking smoker manhood. Right. Like, yeah. You know, if you if you could clear that motherfucker, then you was a smoker. Yes. And I think I I think I was what two two and a half two at least two, cleared it at least twice two two three times. So after that, I already I ever, passed the test. Did it ever make you throw up? Hmm? Did it ever make you throw up? Maybe no. you throw up before once. No. Fuck yeah, shit. Fucking if the shit doesn't like, if it goes too deep, because you're clearing out, I mean, a fucking like quarter of weed in one, one fucking hit. I don't know, but 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 have I ever thrown up? Yes. No. Partying partying with this dude? No. Oh yes, I have. I'm talking about like the big bong because like we no. had a, we had a big bong like that too, and no. like our our fuck up would be is we were in college, so we would go get all drunk. Okay. And then we go back, and then we and continue then to hit the motherfucker. No, we would continue to drink, and then once we ran out of liquor, then it'd be like, well, all we got is weed left. Let's start hitting the bong and fools would throw up. Like, okay, you know so yeah. The the other shit that like I used to do, I used to be a big pothead. I don't smoke that much weed no more and shit fucking like for various reasons and shit it just fucks with my head right now but used to and fucking like when, when, when you would make yourself sick but it got you so extra fucked up is when you put you know what I'm saying like either vodka or fucking whiskey instead of water in the bong I've never done that <laughs> that, that, that shit hits you different that man. sounds that, extreme <laughs> it hits you different cause you get like the alcohol fucking fumes mixed with the weed and shit and like it hits you if you don't throw up, it, it fucks you up instantly and like crazy. Like, but sometimes you do throw up, but it, you know, it's worth it. I've thrown up once or twice, allegedly. Allegedly, the uh, liquor, yes, several times. I prayed to the shit, god every tour, right? Every other every. night, <laughs> I've prayed to that god once or twice. Three times. But that's your body's lady. defense mechanism and shit. Like, it, how many times, when when you start throwing up, that means you consumed more than your body can handle. Right. And how often do we do that? All the fucking time, because you're like, man, I'm gonna do all of that shit, everything, and you're like, eh. body is like, shit, we're gonna die for. <laughs> it has to do what it has to do to keep you alive, so you can do it again tomorrow. I'm but you not- know what? If I can say something to the youngsters, you know what, youngsters, it's not the puking. You know what I what makes me slow down from the drinking? If you're gonna slow down, it's the blackouts. You wake up oh, sometimes yeah. the next day and you don't know what Yeah, happened. that's the worst. Some people love that shit though. Hell no, that shit is scary because oh, fucking yeah. Okay, we I've I've had weeks of that shit, like on the four or five ninety four tour, because it was a memorial tour for our homie that just passed and shit and all of that. Like it was a sad emotional tour with a whole lot of fucking drinking. That was weeks that like I think I remember like four or five days out of that whole month. And people could literally tell you, be like, Man, you remember, you know, you did this and this and you literally have to look at your homie and be like, Did I? And the motherfucker could fuck with you and be like, yeah, you did. And you'd be like, damn. I'd have to, you know what I'm saying? Like, until proven otherwise, I'd have to almost believe it because yeah. I don't remember. I've fallen, out of, ve- I've fallen out of vehicles with I- steak dinners that he's bought me. <laughs> and I don't even remember crack. going down there. I cracked. East Coast. Woke up and had to wake up and ask, how's this blood? Oh, where's, where's yeah, this? It's me dragging you up to the third fucking floor and shit. I, I, I'm old and broken, too. 
No. See, that was even a short story. See, we gave y'all a short story. You all want to know the rest. <laughs> God, it was a long night. It was a long night. Hey, being that you guys have been on the road a lot and always fucking, like you said, on the highways, you ever get kind of like any crazy situation with the police, like having fuck with you? Honestly, man, like up and down. We've had our, I think the worst we, we, we got into it was like at the Canadian border getting our shit fucking tossed by the customs people in interrogation rooms and all sorts of fucking weird shit. As far as the states, hit and miss, man. Like, I, I'm not even going to fucking front like, man, the, you know, the pigs are always fucking with us. We've locked out quite a few Several times. Several times. Shit to where, like, we should have had the shit tossed and they definitely would have won. You know what I'm saying? Fucking a few people would have went to jail. Oh, Oklahoma. And We should have went to jail in Oklahoma. Should have went to jail a few times. This tour, fucking, like, every tour, you know, there's usually a one instance where you're like, yep, we fucked up. And most of the time, you know, you get pretty lucky. Sometimes they, they decide to fuck with you. But, okay, you look at the vent and it's puzzled to the top with boxes and crates and bags and everything. And there's like eight or nine motherfuckers in that vent. And the cop has to make that decision. Yes, he's probably going to fucking, you know, come home with the W and shit. He's going to find something. But it's going to take him all day to uh. fuck with this van. Does he want to? Like, did, did we do anything to piss him off bad enough to where he's going to spend the whole day tossing our van? Right. And sometimes they just, you know, they, they give you that speed and ticket or whatever and they let you slide. You know, you know in certain states you don't fucking smoke in the van and shit. No, like, for sure, for sure. And that, what, that, that's important. What are those states? Like, I would say, is Kansas one of them? Um, Kansas is not really weed friendly at all and shit. Fucking, um, let's see, I think Indiana is still not weed friendly at all. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to answer that question because I smoke in all, all no. 50 states when I go but, to But them. I'm saying, like, if you got a van and you know motherfuckers got shit that they shouldn't have, okay. and I'm, you're like, hey. If I'm, if I'm obeying the law, okay. Smoke okay. at rest yes. areas. Okay, Kansas, you don't want to smoke in. Um, you kind of want to stay away from Texas. Um, let's see. What's another one you want to stay away from? Uh, Vegas used to be a big one, but now they're Vegas relaxed. Oh, no, Vegas yeah, is relaxed now. Relaxed. But you remember back Utah. in the day, they mm -hmm. like a roach gave you 20 years? Y y yep. Utah. Is, Utah is, is a no-no. Yeah. Utah is a no-no. No, no. Um, right. Wyoming. Yeah, Wyoming, Wyoming is, is a no-no. Uh, Actually, you're right. Oh, Nebraska. That's what I'm saying. Nebraska. What watch about it. those down south, Mississippi, fucking the, 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 they Arkansas? Don't fuck with, they don't fuck with the tweeds. <laughs> but I tell you what, we don't normally perform. Uh, like I said, we won't even put our put that label on them because we don't perform enough down there to say what the smoking weed thing is like okay. Arkansas is pretty relaxed. Yeah, Arkansas is okay from what where we've been at in Arkansas. Indiana is relaxed. Like, it's not legal, but they, you know, they're... they're so some states it's not legal but right. they're cooler yeah. about it you know what I'm saying like kind of how Colorado used to be I mean we always smoked a lot of weed and I, I think it was more fun before it was legal and shit and fucking well I remember back in the day though like when I was in like high school, something like, you'd go to jail for that shit. You would for a, <laughs> like for a sack. Yeah, you, you, you would, but then like, dog, you really didn't fucking. You know what I'm saying? You ended up with a fucking misdemeanor and shit, fucking and a hundred dollar fine and shit if it wasn't like a fucking pound. Yeah. And under an ounce. Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Else. Like fucking, and even selling that shit back then, like they didn't really fuck with you, fuck with you. I mean. Yeah. You sold brick swag. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're bringing in a thousand pounds. Right. Like, they're, they're, they're just like, you're, you're funding your fucking weed habit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You do you. 
So Colorado was always re relaxed to an extent in comparison to some states like Utah or Vegas used to be where you, they actually didn't care how much you had, like you were going to jail. That shit, um, I lived in Vegas for a couple of years, and that shit was expensive. Like, I don't know, Reggie's always been the same price. It's always been right. $50, maybe 60 ounce. Like, that shit out there was like 120 an ounce. Like, well, you know what I mean? And, but that's the same way it was in Russia, man. Like, our... Um, punishment was the same as for heroin and shit like it was kind of flat across for all drugs all drugs are drugs so if you go into fucking prison and shit we're talking rough ass prison prison camps and shit you're not gonna fucking sell it to make five dollars right. like you, you're gonna want to come up like on some hard drugs what about the chick out there right now that's still kind of being detained for the oh Ger garner um garner uh, wmba player yeah. I got, I, I'll say the unpopular opinion. I think fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, she fucked up and shit. It's like, if you travel to, like, Singapore, where they still execute you by a firing squad for any kind of drugs. You don't take Like, any you drugs. just don't take the drugs and you don't go there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know Russia fucking is rough on that shit and our, you know, country's been having tension. I just, I kind of feel like where a lot of people are like, yo, we should trade her for this arm deal. Like, this dude caused thousands of deaths and he's going to cause thousands of more deaths and you're going to trade her because she fucking made a dumb decision we still have people in prison here that got locked up before weed became legal doing time for the weed true that so it's like how is it fair to keep them locked up for 40 fucking years at a time but we're going to trade a fucking you know what i'm saying our arms dealer and a war criminal for her because she fucking brought a dead pen and shit and forgot about it didn't stash it fucking in her coach like she should have i mean damn <laughs> And I'm a debater. I'm willing to hear that argument. At the same time, I want to hear, well, what she's done as a person to, like, save the world to say, let us the give up this traitor for this war criminal. <laughs> you know what I'm That's how I feel on it. I feel like, well, let somebody debate that on my side, on the other side. I'm not going to debate that because I don't know enough about the scenario. I feel bad but, for her as a person. Right. I feel bad I for her as a person. I, you shouldn't have to do nine years for some fucking weed. I felt more bad when I watched her walk through the cell and she had to like almost duck through the top <laughs> of the <laughs> cell. And that's more. And she told you. And because I know how they feel about the LGBT, mm -hmm. the alpha, the, the, you know what I'm saying, the community out there. So. I feel more like I feel more like somebody might take advantage of her in in in, in, in that particular scenario. But other than that, you got to do. You know what? That was you. You know the rules. I, 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 you know I the, you know the rules. I feel bad for her, but I felt bad for that Australian chick that they fucking executed in fucking uh, Singapore for some fucking cocaine and shit. Like I'm like, yeah, Damn, like, I didn't hear about that. That's just wild. I'm like, man, some some sometimes they fucking you know. You take a gamble, I don't fucking feel they should kill you for it. But if you know that that's that country's fucking thing, then maybe fucking that's the kind. Like, that's the when Game just canceled that fucking Korea fucking show and shit, and they were all fucking blasting him all over the news. And they said that they're like, hey, the second they sent fucking Game's camp a fucking thing saying, hey, you, you, you start smoking weed and you're going to end up in prison and shit. Like, you know, any kind of activities that break korea's laws and shit fucking are gonna mm -hmm. you're not gonna get get any slack cut and they were like okay we're not playing mm -hmm. motherfuckers don't want to go there and end up fucking in prison for 10 years and shit over trying to make a little bag even if it's a nice bag not fucking worth it they opted not to go and sometimes i think that comes down to the mental conditionally of a person mm -hmm. because if you put yourself in certain situations you will know when the law or the direct law whatever you're doing whether if you're in the military 
or in this situation or that situation, it means life or death. Like when they tell you in the military something, you don't, it normally means you screwing that up. Mm -hmm. It could mean life or death, or you ending up in the, you know what I'm saying, in the camp camp. Not a baby camp, but a camp camp. Some laws, if that tells you execution, execution. Can't be tinky winky about it. That's the law. Know the law. No, for sure, for sure. Know, know the law. Be smarter than that. To keep your third eye open. That's what being woke is. It technically, if we're going to use the word woke, that's what woke is. What, what it, he's saying is right. it's not about not breaking the law. It's about not being caught. Exactly. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, but you got to know what, how to avoid breaking that law. You got to know the law. Exactly. The ski skirt. Hey, going back to touring and stuff, any shady promoters ever had a whoops with you? Gotta give me some. You gotta give me some. You gotta give me some. There's always been shady promoters, man. Like, that's the, the nature of the beast. And sometimes you're sitting in the fucking, you know what I'm saying, pawn shop parking lot bright and early in the morning waiting for it to open so this motherfucker could pawn his shit so you can fucking get you paid. And a part of you feels bad, but a part of you, you know what I'm saying, wants to get that fucking money that he owes you and you're going to get that money but no you know that's the nature of the game and that's how you meet good promoters over the years is you're like yo every promoter is 50 percent potentially a shady promoter until you you do business with them once you know what i'm saying the fucking business is good all the money is on point the fucking promotion is done everything that's agreed is handled cool now now he's a fucking you know what i'm saying only a 25 percent risk you know what I'm saying? Because right. you've done. And the more you work with them, then you get to the point with certain promoters where you don't need a contract or a deposit, realistically, because their fucking word is bond. Yeah, you've built that relationship with them already. You know everything is going to be on point. And, you know what I'm saying? You just, you, you fill on, and they're like, well, where's the contract and shit? You're like, that's so-and-so. You don't need a contract and shit. Like, the, it's their fucking 12th LSB show. It's cool. I think the worst promoter type is the promoter who's on the tour with you as an artist. And if they don't start off the show, normally that's the promoter who I worry about. Well, because he doesn't it, have time to kind of really promote it. He's they're not doing there it to remotely. Put, they're counting on somebody else. So it's, it's so not many that they're birds. a bad promoter. They might throw a great show if they were at home handling business for right. two months. But if they're just trying to be like, oh man, I'll just pick up the stop in my city, but they're on tour. Promoter type. You know, been exceptions. Type. I, been I, exceptions. I've, I've, done a few, I've done a few home shows and No, you handle business, though. You handle business. But it, not, not just us. You know what I'm saying? Michigan fucking with light throwing that shit. That shit was on point. Boo. I'm just joking. I love light. <laughs> you know, that, 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 there's always some markets, you know, that go good. But it is hard promoting a show while you're on the road at the same time. I, I hate doing it and shit. If somebody else picks it up, it's always better. Out of the ratio, that's the worst to me. Yes, Young Light did put on a very good show, but the promoter type, that's the, that's the, because he's not there. But he has right. a good solid team at home. Yes. He just has one foot in, one foot out. <laughs> right. He's not in all the way. Right. So it's he's a little bit harder for him. Well, but, shit, go ahead. No, go other than that, it's, it's, man, it's pretty average. It's the ratio. Uh -huh. It's the ratio. Promoters are promoters. We love them all. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, well, you guys, real quick, got any new music coming out, or you know what I mean? Where can they find your music? Um, shit like, uh, let's see, Spotify is uh, Scum LSP, um, 
you know all the socials is under scum lsp honestly spotify pandora fucking you know itunes apple music fucking everything and shit like if you look on our socials gorehop.com that's like the main store that has all of our artists so motherfuckers like they might not like one they might like the other one better and shit we have fucking some for everybody all right. but, but yeah no any any major social i mean there's albums and albums and albums the beautiful thing if if you guys are listening check this shit out and you end up finding something you like you have years worth of music to fucking go back and catch up and if you don't you, you'll know within the first five minutes but like yeah this is a little too fucking too much and even if you don't like the music you might find some apparel that or something you might find some See, that's apparel. That's a professional merch manager. He's trying to sell you motherfuckers. Right, I'm trying to sell you. Right, right. You don't even know it yet. <laughs> yes, get, get, catch us on I cheap mean, stuff, YouTube right. and shit. And correct. I mean, if you, I mean, catch. Go ahead. Go ahead. Plug no, it. No, no, no. no, no okay. You, I mean, anywhere from the music to not liking music. Everybody may not like the music, but that's the thing about LSP is that we have the merchandise also. <laughs> From any, from jackets, that. it's yeah. getting cold. We got the jackets, we got sweatpants. I mean, anywhere from hoodies to shirts to, I mean, you're talking tumbler cups to charms to chains. I mean, we have a variety of beanies, jackets, I mean, jerseys, right? Hockey jerseys, shirts. basketball. I mean, to where you might even be Some like, hey, I don't, I may not like it, but you know what? My little niece or my cousin likes it, right. so. Let me go over to www.gorehop.com and purchase something for my relative and make them happy for this holiday season. There you go. Adopt a starving musician. <laughs> Even if the motherfucker is fat and shit like myself and shit, he might still be starving fucking on the inside. Just so you know. Hey, his assistant is skinny as hell, so you know what I'm saying? All the weight goes to him. Uh, all right, man. Well, shit, we definitely appreciate y'all coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having us. No, on thank you. Shit, thank you. Know you. Like, we've been working, in the, you know what I'm saying, on what we do and shit, fucking the same building for a long time. Glad we got together and chop it up. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to talk some more, man. Yes, sir. Well, well, there you have it, man. We got Scum and we got Lynch of LSP. You know what I mean? They're making moves and got a gang of music for y'all, so check them out. You can find us on all platforms as well. We're out of here. Peace.